0: Dip podcast time once again it's dave i'm gonna host coming to you live from the washed media studios in austin texas oh only about a I don't know, hop skipping a jump from where they were drifting and shutting down the city a couple nights ago joining me in studio somebody who participated in those events dylan shivery
1: i did participate unfortunately i lost my uh supra uh in a race we raced for pinks and i got outdone by a uh, civic so it was fun until i lost the whip dude that's the worst Shorty ran off with the whip so here i am did it have a spoiler on it i took the bus to work today was there a big spoiler on your super yeah I, yeah it had a spoiler
0: i got a spoiler for you kj's here
2: i'm just happy to know that you two are safe you weren't one of the one or two human beings that were uh, arrested for reckless driving after that event, uh, but you know, I'm glad you're with us. Is the lodge okay? Is the People Cave uh, in good shape? No collateral damage here.
0: No, even though we were just uh, but a two minute walk away. Yeah,
1: it's very <laughs> close to our office. <laughs> uh, but everyone knows not to mess with the People Cave. It's just kind of like good. It's kind of like uh, an unwritten rule of the streets. Like maybe you'll flip over a car. Or, you know, stomp on the hood of a police vehicle or Throw something. Throw an artillery shell at an at a officer of the law. But we are, uh, well, we're, we're for the people here, and everyone knows that, so they just leave this place alone. Yeah. It's a sanctuary. As it's been
2: maybe, as it's been maybe a calendar year, oh, probably less than a calendar year since I've been at the People Cave, do you still have 24-7 uh, security by way of uh, uh, a camper on property?
1: No, but we did hire an armed guard. He works here twenty four seven, so don't try don't try anything.
0: We can't we can't post any videos of him. He's actually still active duty Navy SEAL. You come around here, you will get clapped. He's on SEAL Team Fifteen. A lot of people don't know about that one, but it, you know <laughs> I probably shouldn't. You edit that out, Randy. I shouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's giving me the eye. He's very scary. He's got tats and a beard. He's very cool looking.
2: Um, SEAL Team Fifteen, the one with Andre in it. That's a joke for like four people who've seen like one 1990 movie. That wasn't that good.
0: I got to say that's not a joke for David. But (laughs) but since you went there, go ahead and explain the joke, KJ, because that's always how you know it's a good joke.
2: You know, imagine Free Willy was featuring a seal, and uh, there you have
1: Andre. People forget that J-Bun was in A Dolphin's Tale.
0: Oh, it was A Dolphin's Tale. Yeah,
1: Dolphin's Tale. Uh, Spelled like T-A-L-E, though. Like a story, not his actual tale. Right. Yeah.
0: Could go either way, though. It's marginal at best. Right. Hey, what are we doing today? This is going to be a heavy, heavy golf pod. Not only do we have Riviera over the weekend, we're going to jump into full swing, or as I'm calling it, full swing. We're (laughs) We're talking ball golf. Ball golf, as my neighbor uh, honestly called it, (laughs) and calls it. He's a disc golfer. (laughs) He feels the need to. You know, let people know which one he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, the one You got a the pretty ball. good idea, dude. Yeah. Um, but first, KJ, you mentioned something a minute ago off, off the air. Okay. Did you do
2: some ice skating over the weekend? You know what? Your boy did get to a public park here in Madison in which there were, or there was like a, like there's a pond. I don't even know what you call it. A rink, a pond, rink, whatever along with like a full-blown sledding hill. I didn't do that this weekend, but last week I did full, like embarrass myself on some skates. Okay. It was not the representation of uh, somebody who grew up in Arlington, Texas, which features the park small and notably has a a ice rink in it. Uh, I was confident in my skill set. My two and a half year old out skated me. Embarrassing.
0: Low center of gravity though. Like if, you, if you're if you somebody who skis as much as I do, you'll see that there's like little kids that are really, really good. And it's not that they're like more talented or more athletic than me. It's not that at all. It's just that they're so tiny that the uh, center of gravity is low. And if they fall and eat it, doesn't really matter. They're only like two and a half feet off the ground. Whereas me, I'm flirting with five foot ten.
2: I, I respect it. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, the pride, you know, really, really had no, no sense of uh low center of gravity, but I don't even know why we're discussing this. I want to just skip to the meat of our episode, which is what are we going to do about the super teams that are forming around this league? Um, and by that, at this point, I, I'm sure you all are aware with Brianna Stewart's decision to sign with the Liberty Candace Parker earlier in the off season, you know, decided to go to the Aces, like, we're all but guaranteed to have a liberty and aces final in the wnba this summer i for one am definitely here for it uh i'm just really interested in what you know you guys think of like asia wilson kelsey plum chelsea gray Jackie young just to name a few
1: aces but
2: like what are you guys expecting this season do you think the wings can challenge yeah for sure um
0: you know they still got to play the schedule the games on the schedule um you know, you never know. It's a players' league now, and only time will tell.
2: Anyways, let's talk All Star Weekend if we want to start there. Do you want to do that? Let's, we
0: can't talk All Star Weekend without talking about post Malone. I mean, the guy just fucking killed it last night. Dylan, you're a big posty guy. What were your thoughts on that performance? Brought out
1: 21. Go ahead uh posties my man you know that a big posty guy i didn't see you i didn't i didn't catch that last night. <laughs> all right did you guys catch any of the dunk contest
2: because yeah. i think
0: that was the highlight um i don't know how much of the actual all-star game festivities y'all watched uh for me it started and ended with the the dunk contest although i did catch a number of the uh the pre-game activities from yesterday
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um let's do uh the dunk contest real quick
0: mac mcclung what were you, what were you guys? Uh, what was your knowledge of Mack McClung going into this deal?
2: Uh, being
1: a, a fan of a basketball team in the Big Twelve, I, I'm I was familiar with Mack McClung because he he was the very annoying uh, Red Raider played for Texas Tech. I, that's not fair to say he's annoying. He was like he's obviously a decent basketball player, but he was like kind of guy who makes a big shot and he just he's like down the court, you know, pumping up. He's just annoying. Is it because he's white? Yeah. Okay. No. Let me <laughs> say this though. <laughs> He was electric in the dunk contest. Those were sick. All right. And the fact that he the All fact right. that he's white, like it makes it like like we aren't supposed to be able to do that kind of stuff. So it's Who's like oh, exactly shit. though. White, white, white people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it made it more exciting. It's like, oh my God, this guy's not supposed to jump like that, yet he is. It's fucking impressive. You don't think there's any Save white him. guys with athleticism? No, there there are. The Mac McClung being one of them. I mean, there's there's many white professional athletes, right? But like that dude's six two,
2: okay.
1: And he and he's like that's head, where like, we got to
2: start. I he's headed like, the, the rim. six two part.
1: He's headed the <laughs> rim. Like it's a shit's impressive. Um, it was funny because Am i lead. gonna get canceled this episode.
0: Well, you're trying. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just don't see that. There has been there have been white white guys who have play, who have been in the dunk contest before. I will say, no, I know. I know. Um, For me, the most impressive thing wasn't his race. Um, (laughs) It was actually that he did everything on one take. Each dunk, one try, one dunk. No misses? No misses. None. You don't see that ever, I feel like. And the fact that the the, uh, degree of difficulty for each one, uh, was he didn't have any like, okay, that's just, I'm throwing up my B game right here just to like get a dunk down and move on. And throw dunks
1: that we hadn't seen before as far as I know, which is a big part of these. You have to impress the crowd, but you got to do it in a way that no one's done it before. I've never seen those dunks before. KJ, you ever seen those dunks before?
2: I have not. However, I don't follow Mac McClung's like social media game as closely. Um, but it did seem, based on you know uh, Landry's information, our social media guy, huge Texas Tech basketball fan, like let us to believe at least like Mac had been talking about some of the things that he was going to do. So maybe the fans of Mac McClung were more familiar, like with what he might do or some of the tricks in his bag. I wasn't, I agree. The most jaw dropping part of it was a, that he's six two and then B that clear as day. He is absolutely the right guy uh, for this type of position. Like he was, First on the court, I think that night, like just preparing ahead of time, a student of the dunk contest. It was very clear he respected the performances of everyone else around him. Uh, I think last off the court as well, really just worked his butt off all night, and that really, you know, showed. Real lunch
0: pail. <laughs> Heart brings his hard hat to work. <laughs> like having a left on, the court. on the field at all
2: times. <laughs> yeah,
0: just a real coach on the basketball court. A real general. Dunking. Yeah, um, he generals himself. He's man, KJ, commander in wow. chief.
2: Okay, KJ. I, I, I do want to add, though, that as incredible as it was to see him doing it at 6'2", Jericho Sims, the Knicks player that was also performing. Former Texas long guy, one,
1: great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, his, I don't know what his wingspan is, but it's got to be over seven feet. And he kind of went back to the well one too many times of like, I'm going to Vince Carter this, I'm going to dunk and put both arms in the bucket. Like everything he was doing was impressive. I think it was more, not more impressive, like equally impressive to be doing it at like damn near 6'10", because the only other you know, only other white dunk contest winner I can think of is Brent Berry. And I think he's fairly tall too. I think he's like 6'8", 6'9", ish mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so that length stands out. I don't think you see it, as much aside from what Gordon or Zach Levine, the times that they've won. Other than that, you kind of get more two guards, whatever the hell that means, six, six-ish guys with just a lot of spring. Um, so, you know, I thought we got a good performance all around. Um, nailing the dunk on the first or second try is absolutely essential.
0: It's it's huge for momentum in the show because once you see a guy like th- Toss it up there, and he tosses it in the wrong place. And you look up, and he's been doing it for 45 seconds. And then the, the, the whole place, the energy sucked out of
1: there what? once they start missing. What's the name of the, uh, the guard? Uh, Nate something. He was in a dunk contest. Nate Robinson. Nets, Nate Robinson. That's when the dunk contest started to lose a lot of its shine, when he was in it. Because like you just described, he tried the same dunk like 15 times in a row. And finally, as time was running out, had to like switch to plan B and it was just like not a great dog he's a tiny lad he he's a, a also a notable short fella for an n b a player that is also knocked I think out by five 5'10", shorter brothers?
2: than Mm mm-hmm. mhm right
0: uh, yes uh Correct. embarrassingly so also uh tried out as a punt returner or kick returner for uh a couple n f l teams
1: yeah that, a very. He, um, he wrote the playbook note. on on how not to compete in the dunk contest. That was a poor showing by him.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, but I follow enough tech like Tech people Sorry. who uh, who could tell you know that led me to believe like this was going to be uh, Mac McClung's show. Like they've been taught. I've seen that you know I followed him in the Big Twelve last year. He only played one year at Tech, right? Transferred it from Georgetown, but he was good. Mm-hmm. He was obviously freaky athletic then.
1: I, I knew about Mac McClung before he was uh, in college because he was like mixtape kind of guy. Like he's like this this dude can j- absolutely like jump out of the gym and he was just dunking on other small white guys in whichever league or high school he's. Anyway, shit was impressive. He's been on, he's been on the scene for a while. Dude can get up.
2: Yeah, his uh tiny desk performance with Thundercat <clears throat> is probably one of the all time greats too. That's so not just
0: him. That's somebody else. That's uh the late the great. Mac Miller, of course, is the is the reference here. <laughs> Unbelievable. A joke for five people. Maybe, yeah, probably more. There's a lot of...
2: Yeah. Well, the ones who don't get it, that's on them. How about that? Real ones, um, no.
0: He, hey, what was your favorite yam, KJ? Did you have a favorite <laughs> yam?
2: I think that Mac... I'm going to do it all night now. Mac McClung um, highlighted that you cannot rely on the tossed alley-oop from another player It's there's just too much risk of your dunk not hitting for no fault of your own. Like, so much has to go right there. And it's just uh, like, I don't want to see more of those. Um, Kenyon Martin, player from uh, Kenyon Martin was out there with his son. I do not appreciate him going by KJ Martin, but also Kenyon Martin Jr. Like, they need to straighten that out. And it needs to not be KJ. Is he Um, he
0: Dallas Carter, Lincoln? He's South Oak Cliff. He's, He's a DISD, South Dallas guy.
2: Kenny okay. Martin is, but I think Junior is from like Cincy or something. I, I don't know where he set down roots, but he is definitely my top 15. Like I would Ooh. not.
1: Brian fuck Adams. With.
0: Brian Adams, KJ.
1: For those wondering, mm-hmm. Mac McClung's vertical uh, per the measurement at the G League Combine, 43 and a half inches. That's up I believe there. believe it. Okay. That's up there. We
0: call that I Mad bunnies.
1: That's Mad <laughs> boys. Uh, Dave might surpass that. He's got a combine coming up. We'll see how he competes. A little sore today. Might have been running some sprints yesterday.
2: Hmm. Uh, I'd like to propose this. While I am not for bringing robots into, you know, restaurants and several jobs around the United States, I am pro introduce a robot to do the alley-oops. Like one (laughs) that will accurately place the ball where it needs to be every single time. Like it would be kind of cool to see that bit. It's like but at the, the same point, like,
0: like the golf club manufacturers have like the the robot that hits yeah. like the club the perfect distance every time. Okay, exactly.
2: Like I want to see the ball, you know, be arced from half court, whatever, bounce to that exact point, but it's on the player still to catch it at the right time and finish the dunk. I want to see that madness. Dylan, like, give me that dunk contest in, in four years.
0: KJ brings up a good point when do you think the nba will start to leverage ai tools for the dunk contest go ahead
1: oh uh you know dave i, I just don't i don't see that being necessary uh in the NBA, in the nba in today's climate not quite yet yeah yeah
0: well as we've learned that climate can change
1: remember that uh every time the the waste management open comes around they always play the video of that robot hitting a hole in one you've seen that one
0: yeah it- it's honestly what i was thinking of when kj said it like they show that video every time (laughs) and it's not that i will say it's not that crazy it's not that impressive like okay yeah this makes sense that you were the technology's
1: there but like there's a wind factor it's a whole thing like a lot of things could have gone wrong like it it still is cool but like it's a fucking robot i don't know get out of here with that yeah how many wins does that robot have on tour yeah Exactly.
2: Wake me. Wake me when it does it inside of a huge factory in Frisco, Texas. Like after about forty-seven takes. Now we're fucking. Talking. Then I'll be impressed.
0: Yes, <laughs> dude. Perfect. <laughs> That's the robot. That's the robot saying, "Dude, perfect." <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Any other thoughts? Uh. Pre- everything about the All Star Game was terrible. Um. I. The, the pregame was awkward and clunky they were talking over each other you had reverb in the headphones and then the game it's the draft was awkward cuz Giannis and LeBron gave Ernie pretty much nothing and then also Ernie has uh <laughs> Kenny Shaq and Chuck talking in his ear it was it was bad it was a it's honestly the the worst TNT um you know inside the NBA product that I've I think I've ever seen and it wasn't really their fault it's just like yeah, you put we're doing a live draft and it's going to go on way too long and it's really awkward and then the game was terrible the game was bad didn't watch i watched a little bit of it just to see if luca luca and kyrie did anything fun and they really didn't all-star games across uh, all the major
1: sports are really having identity crises right now like how do we keep people interested in this because people are losing interest it seems like across the board kj any solutions
2: I did not watch a second of the hockey one, but when they introduced whatever that three-on-three tournament, do something like that in basketball. But again, I get it. You don't want people to get hurt. But I think something like that uh, would be a lot more um, interesting to watch than whatever the hell it was that they put on. There were so many bad decisions with that pregame or like with the pre-draft thing. I was kind of excited to see the draft process play out I figured it would be rigged after Giannis screwed up and tried to draft Ja Morant during the reserves round. If they would have come out and had LeBron draft Ja first and then force Giannis to quote-unquote trade for a couple picks, something like that, like admit that they screwed up, but I didn't like the feeling of, oh, we've already pre-drafted everybody. We're just going to stand here and tell you who they are because Ja Morant got picked in the same exact slot Just in the other round, he just looked at the wrong list. So that was, uh, the producers set them up to fail. Like you could tell Giannis was ready to like, give his, uh, draft profile on every single pick he had. And the producers had audio going over him, his mic saying, we've only got 10 seconds. Like, let's keep it moving. And Ernie's like trying to lead it back to LeBron. Like it was just, the producers really blew this one. The concept was okay at best. And the execution was terrible
0: facts um let's hop over to full swing but before we do can i just give a shout out to our good friends with at at athletic greens please dave um you're talking to a guy right now that wakes up every morning rolls out of bed walks to the kitchen gets his ag1 mixes a little bit of it in some water shakes it up and then just pounds it that's how i start my morning
1: it sounds like you just described my morning as well. I do the exact same thing. It's my favorite way to start the day, get you feeling right, ready to take on the day. So what is the stuff? Well, how about
0: this, Dylan? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging all the things. KJ, you're doing it too. We talk about it. Sometimes we're in a group text, just just like, hey, here's a video of me taking my AG1. It's just something we do. We have fun here.
2: I also start my day, wake up, pound it. AG1's a huge part of every daily routine for me. I've got a whole week ahead where I'm the solo dad. Wife is on a business trip. I cannot afford to be low energy or without my nutrients throughout the day. AG1 makes sure, makes sure that box is more than checked to start the day off.
0: Yep. Solo weekend. You got to make sure you really pound it because you know you're not going to be eating the right stuff. You know, it's a, it's a guy's weekend. So you got you to gotta get your vitamins your adaptogens. your What? You got to get it from AG1. And right now. I see what you did. Right now, Dylan, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. It's going to help with your focus, your recovery. It's going to help you sleep. And best thing about it, it doesn't taste bad. It tastes good. You're getting all that. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash bang. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash bang to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's talk golf. Let's talk ball golf. Let's talk Netflix. Of course, we're talking about Full Swing. The immersive documentary series follows a diverse group of professional golfers, on and off the course during a relentless season of competition their words not mine
1: quick takeaway review is it really well done and i also really enjoyed that they're not just focusing on like top 10 type players but a guy like joel damon who i don't know struggles to make the u.s open has to qualify and they take us along that ride. that's fucking cool really enjoyed it well done yeah, so we watched the
0: first four. We're going to do the next four uh, next week, I believe. Four. And I will hold my thoughts till the end. KJ, I'm, I'm very interested in yours because I, I don't mean to to pigeonhole you, but I will say yeah. you are um, the least interested in the game of golf of the three. Yeah. Is that fair?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, not judging by our group text where I was dialed in to uh, Rom's final uh, – few shots, a few strokes, if you will, during uh, yesterday's round at the Riviera, uh, which is the Genesis invitation. I don't know if, like, Tiger hosted, it. Beautiful course, even more picturesque. Clubhouse, like, everything about it was just
0: golf guy. Up. He's golf Anyhow, guy. Anyhow,
2: um, that's like the 14 seconds I cut of Nance talking yesterday. Okay. Going into it, having watched uh, Drive to Survive, We're going into what season three of Drive to Survive or four? Do we remember? Uh, I believe
0: season we've got four coming up, I believe.
2: Okay. So I've probably watched half of the episodes that are out there, but not knowing anything about F1 when it started, I could honestly say by the end of that experience, I felt reasonably informed about the sport and like generally could say, you know what, if I had the time, if. I like wasn't so deep into the world of football and it's off season, and all that. Like I could make space for it in my sports life and I can enjoy it. That's what that series did for me going into full swing. I tried to readapt that like mentality because for golf, like I can't say that everything is, a, it's never an appointment viewing uh, occasion for me. The majors, obviously I'll watch. I do a lot more preparation and and reading into it and watching it because of the show than I do casually. And this is a long-winded way to get around to full swing because through the first three and a half, four episodes for me, there were some things I thought they did really, really well. And through like two and a half episodes, there were things where I was like, I really, 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 really not hated that they did certain things this way, but like it made me feel like they were talking to me like I was a two-year-old and approaching the narrative, the narrative of the show in like a really half-assed way when like all of them content was tremendous. And some of the other things that they were doing, I was just like, this is wasting. This is a waste.
1: Are you kind of talking about when uh, um, Amanda Baliones was kind of explaining the, the simple parts of golf, like what a par is, for example? Or I the mean, cut.
2: Or the cut. You've got to understand, these guys play their butts off for two days. It's a field of, let's say, 150 guys, and who doesn't make the cut on Friday night? You're not playing that weekend. But you don't get paid. You go home. That was said three episodes in a row okay. like by three different people.
1: If you're borrowing the script of Drive to Survive and you're assuming that you have a lot of viewers who maybe don't know about the game, And maybe are trying to get to know the game because that's that's why that's why Americans picked up on F one racing so much is because of that show. Like I didn't know much about F one racing at all. Golf obviously is a is a game that more people know about globally, Um, but I can understand why they would take the approach of all right. Some people may not know the the very basic rules of golf, so let's. And and to be fair, they spent all of. I don't know, a minute total explaining yeah. that kind of stuff. Like it was a, a very brief little thing. So it didn't bother me it, at all.
2: It was, but then it came like they did it in two or three other episodes. And it made me feel like they probably prompted the interview E the person that they were interviewing to like give that answer. And then they, during the editing phase made the decision to like reset that two times in and I'm like, okay, this is a little bit clunky. Like somebody should have said, yep, yeah, we checked that box in the first one. We don't need it in episode two and three. But either, either way, that's not that didn't ruin it for me. The things that stood out to me is, um, her, I'm, her name is going to escape me. What is Brooks' wife? Jenna. Jenna Sims. What What is Ricky Fowler's wife's name? Because that keeps Allison jumping in my Stokey. head. Stokey, okay. I don't know why I'm I was getting this all, all mixed up. <laughs> no, 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 no. But- both of these golfers have wives that are very popular in social media. Okay. During the preview, like their little sizzler before you start the first episode, if there are 50 shots, you get 10 shots of Jen or Jenna Sims in the pool or diving into the pool and or like random hots mixed into the content to make you think like 20% of this is going to be about the rage parting at waste management and Jenna Sims swim routine. When, like, the content of the, con- the like, shows, everybody's walking away talking about um, Joel Damon. I think that Ian Poulter's episode, like, in his family side of things was tremendous, like, laid out the most reasonable, and we'll, I'm not trying to, like, cannibalize everything, but, like, the meat of the episodes was tremendous. Some of the things that they were using to push it and the framing of it really let me down. And my last complaint, before I get into, like, all the goods, or, you know, we, we share the mic here a little, is the slate of interviewers that are like driving the content here. Like we have what David Foley Tigers, former coach, Sean Foley, or one John Foley, one of his former coaches. And then we have three or four golf writers. And I don't remember that much outside like noise for drive to survive. We get a lot of the team managers or team owned, like whatever they're called general managers, And we get a lot of the drivers here. It's, I, I get it. Golf is much more isolated. You only have one person to talk to, but like, we could have had a lot more caddies on, on, on the course or on the tour or something. It just felt like you had too many people who were interested in like making the show a spectacle instead of like in hard knocks, like you're getting people that are in the room as opposed to the, the external people.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 as somebody who watched like a season and a half of Drive to Survive, um, there are some stark differences. I think overall, Drive to Survive is a much better product. And that's not necessarily to say full swing isn't good, but through four episodes, it's fine. Um, I'm obviously going to... I would watch it even if we weren't doing it for the show. Agreed. But, you know, I, I thought it was a weird move to lead with the JT and Spieth episode. I think I'm assuming they did it because those are like two you're you know the faces of the tour and I know the people who made this worked with the tour um significantly in putting this together and getting the access so maybe I don't know maybe that was calculated I thought that was by far the weakest episode of the four we watched um turns out Speeth uh, is just not that interesting and no. neither is Justin Thomas and I and that's actually that's not fair they made him look not interesting even though I think JT is and the most interesting thing he did was go to CVS in Tulsa <laughs> and get some allergy meds. Get an, his
2: car pump. declined. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: an interesting... Uh, th- so, episode one, Speeth is in the car and he looks back and talks to his agent. Her name is Laura Moses. I was like, holy shit, I actually know her really well. I went to high school with her. She's a year after me. Dated a good friend of mine, Michael, for a long time. I had no idea that's what she oh, did for Michael. a living. I had no idea what yeah do you have her number um i do not have her number it's been a while since we've spoken but i just noticed that she followed me on instagram and and i just now sent her a follow back request so yeah i i know i i just guys this was news to me when i as
0: i watched the show i feel like that's crazy you did like that hasn't gotten around your like high school group chat that like you know speed's agent but i guess i didn't know who speed's agent was so
1: yeah I I I, to- I was talking to Brit- Brittany also. My wife is also from Austin. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl. And she was like, Laura? Yeah, I know her really well. I was like, where have I been the past like 15 years? <laughs> yeah, do you know what I do for a living? <laughs> God, this is useful Apparently, intel. Dylan uh,
2: doesn't. like uh, That, that also shows like Dylan's been in, not in the game so long. It's not what I want to say. But like he has. when you're at the point where you're getting, you know, Instagram requests and you're just like, all right, whatever. You're not even paying attention to them. And they, none of them stand out. I feel like if randomly somebody who was somebody's agent followed me, I'd be like, I screenshot that, the, that Dan Goodwin from Fox 4 News followed me today for some reason at 7 a.m. just because I thought it was funny. That's a big
0: like,
1: gift for I, you. I, I, That's you. You're a local news a guru. Watch the clout follow um, you now.
2: <laughs> what do y'all think about the uh, definitely not forced, definitely not staged, uh, Jordan Spieth standing in front of the back of his car with the AT&T bag logo behind him calling about his best man speech
0: it's the next thing New on my content. list. Next thing <laughs> on my list.
2: I mean, talk about
0: not selling. I mean, like, it was so forced. I didn't even notice the uh, the brand activation that was going down in it. I, but that doesn't shock me. For, for somebody who really likes Jordan Spieth but has been very critical of his content game, which is all sponsor-based, Uh, this makes all the sense in the world. That was bad. Just a bad episode. Um would have liked to have seen something Jordan and, and his caddy, uh, Michael Greller have a very like well-known unique relationship, like on mm-hmm. the course, talk a lot. Jordan will, you know, back talk him from time to time. And it's, it's very interesting. Could he use way more of that? Um, instead we got, you know, I don't know, PJ content, which, you know, I love playing some cards, uh, having some pops that's cool, but like, I don't know. And I think the most compelling from that first episode, the, the stuff with Justin Thomas's dad, his coach, you know, and mm-hmm. PGA uh, professional, Mike Thomas, that was cool.
2: That well, was tremendous. And, and you know what? I owe – I have to take my words back in one spot because their discussion about hammer game or about, you know, during their prep round uh, in Tulsa, like in the past, y'all will talk about Wolf, and it goes completely over my head, makes no sense, doesn't apply. And then they like throw out hammer game. Okay, whatever. And they caption like what they mean by that. You know, they throw up on the board. Okay, $100 birdie, they'll double. Like that was probably very basic and not needed for y'all. But for an idiot like me who, you know, yeah, in general knows a little bit, that was tremendous. I, I appreciated that level of an elementary explanation. Uh, what was episode? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to talk about the Poulter episode real quick. Yes. Can you Pulse, talk about absolutely. your hammer game first? uh yeah sure um if i feel like i'm i'm doing well on a hole and my opponent is maybe perhaps struggling i'll hammer his ass
0: did speed hammer as the putt was like
1: two feet from the hole
0: yeah i don't think you can hammer mid shot right i'm wondering if that was some weird audio editing because we've always played it where like you can't do that because well mainly because we don't want to lose money if someone hammers you you
1: can you have a choice of conceding the hole or accepting the hammer which doubles the bet basically anyway ian poulter a guy that um I think he's like not well liked generally. I don't I'm I've been kind of a polter hater over the over the past. Uh most American golf fans cups, care for him because he, he's pretty insufferable during Ryder cups because A, he's been obviously very successful at them. B because he talks a lot of shit. He's a and killer. He's, he's a loud dresser and he's got the little faux hawk going. He's annoying as hell. He is a killer. He is. He excels in in that format. Um, so I, I like him more after this episode. I think it kind of humanized him a bit. And uh man for someone uh, interesting his his thoughts on like how he approaches the game as like his job like like i'm in this to make money which is obviously why he chose to go the live route but uh, lives very lavishly obviously 30 million in career earnings of course he got endorsement money on top of that uh his house in uk was sick uh, flying pry over there with his family it's it was interesting and, and that shot of him in his closet with like a million different polos to choose from and of course that drawer full of his loud pants that he was sorting through i don't know i i kind of enjoyed that one even though i don't really like him that much it was interesting
2: i appreciated that he was self-aware and not yeah. knowing really anything beyond just the name I probably have seen him in passing you know, I, I've I've admitted in the past, like not like I'm not big Ryder Cup guy, but I couldn't tell you anything about Ian Poulter's history in the Ryder Cup at all prior to this episode. He acknowledged that American fans might not like him. He acknowledged that like he eggs on the crowd, and I thought they set up that history in a small little capsule very very well. And by the end of it, like he, you got his son's perspective, like his son acknowledging, like, hey you know, who knows what this is going to look like years down the line, but he's deciding for the people in this household. Like that was, I thought a really well done, maybe not the most compelling episode, but as far as the live tour con- or uh, conversation that will carry on throughout the season, really, really well done. I also think that they like not undersold, but they really picked some bad angles on some random. We're not random, but like his final shots at Dell match play did not sell you on like wanting to go to that course. I was like partially watching to see if any of you would pop up in the background. And it was <laughs> it wasn't the best.
0: <laughs> uh for me, the highlight, one of the biggest highlights of the first four has obviously been the juxtaposition of Brooks Kepka and Scotty Scheffler mm-hmm. last season.
1: Oh my god. You've got one guy who's just
0: taking the tour by fire. He's just
1: winning. Yeah, they they caught they caught Scheffler during his, like, really, really hot streak. And Best Brooks. four months
2: of his career, of his life, period. Like, he's not that old. But, like, the timing of them catching this this year for golf, but also, like, those months for Scotty Scheffler. Like, how tremendous is it if you're that guy that they caught you when you're at the absolute peak of your entire life? Like, they could have done that for Brooks three years ago. Mm-hmm. And who knows how he would feel about him. instead like he's rocking certain media company sweaters and we're just like okay well there's that guy
0: that that's a great point like i try to i tried to go into this like with all these guys like objectively um with brooks who we've all been critical of at some point in the last five years and like i wonder when he was at his highest if i would have liked him more or less um if they if we had behind the scenes access now You know, a lot of the access we got on this was him and his wife hanging out at their dope house, swimming, Uh, him kind of, well, him just absolutely being in a bad place with his game, which is, I I did feel sorry for him watching that. Because it's like somebody who's been to the top of the mountain, lost it, and like, you know, he seems like a very confident guy when he's out on the course no matter what. And like, that seemed like a dude. It's like, dude, are you ever going to get it back? And I'm sure a lot of that played into why he's now uh, he took that Saudi bag, and he is no longer on the tour.
2: Um, I will I will outright say I don't know what it would have done for me if I watched this between 17 and 19, but it definitely made me like him more for two reasons. Like I appreciated the I think Jenna Sims albeit very like vain, but I think she was being very genuine and like trying to express, she's a very optimistic person that she doesn't really know how to manage when he is so down or in this bad spot. And, and you know, they didn't, it's not like she's you know, a therapist or had all the time in the world to like unwrap how she wanted to present it. But like, I thought she was being genuine and like, Hey, it's going to be okay. But like that's not a fair discussion to have if you're or not just disc- got fair, but like, There's no easy way to have that discussion. I think couples have that kind of talk all the time. She's very And then lastly, yeah, very much so. Lastly, for him, the amount that he seemed to like, it may have been one of those where like uh, with Jordan Spieth, when he did the commercial, he was like, hey, I don't know anything about acting. You tell me how to do this and I will follow my, I'll follow the instructions to the best of my ability. I wonder how much of that was involved with Brooks because he set up the conversation with his mom of like, Hey, this is a big deal. And this is this Scotty Scheffler didn't have anything in his mind. And like that was all playing into the producer's like goal of offsetting the two of them at that time. I don't think he or his mom brought up Scotty specifically in that moment in that discussion. Like you could see Jenna Sims was already mic'd up. His mom was already mic'd up. Like it wasn't, Hey, we're just going to follow you around. You live your day. Like they sat down to have that discussion. And so there were a lot of things that were staged, but at the same time, the guy was being very vulnerable, very vocal about, hey, I'm just in my head too much. And like acknowledging it. Yeah, I thought that was like really good content. You don't see that from people like that.
0: On that note, like when he said, when they were talking about Scotty um, to Brooks, I, I guess after he won the master's, you know Brooks had a comment like I guarantee if you ask that guy what he's thinking right now when he's out there is nothing he's not thinking of anything because he's just dialed and that's when you start getting into trouble when you're uh start thinking oh the p-man's looking in oh
1: sorry I don't know if he needed something um I also really appreciated how this show like points out that this is a stressful way to make a living like yes these guys can make a lot of money doing this and when you're playing well the money obviously follows with endorsement deals and then obviously making cuts you 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 know you're getting paid but it's also a, a rare career where you can go to work and not make money like you miss a cut you don't get paid and not only that you're an independent contractor so you get you might pay 20 30 grand to like fly out stay somewhere you know you got to put your caddy up and maybe your family travels with you that's not cheap. And so if you're not actually playing well your earnings take a hit big time and um to be like you know a wife of one of these guys who might be struggling like that whole thing it's interesting to see that that part of it even like you know brooks who's obviously set financially speaking but he's like i've been to the mountaintop and now i'm like struggling to you know make cuts and it's frustrating and that part of it was Kind of, and and drive to survive. Kind of did the same thing about you know these these teams that are not doing well. Like a lot of financial financial stress comes along with that, and of course these drivers they get demoted. So it's it's cool. It's cool to see. I mean, it's it's stressful, man.
0: Yeah, I think two things with Brooks. Um, yeah, as much as I wanted to, like I I did feel bad for him. I was like, man, I kind of I kind of feel bad. Like I like him a little bit more and then you he hits you with the uh when he's at 16 um at the waste management he's he makes that little comment like almost feels like a real sport like when he's in his you know his post post round (laughs) press conference he has these little digs at the game of golf that they bother me maybe more than they should it's like it's like he is so insecure about being a good golfer like you saw when he was playing in the pro-am with adam thielen where he's, you know, really gassing up how good of a baseball player he was. Yeah. He's like, Man, I wish I would have stuck with baseball. It's like, dude, just f off, man. It, that's I don't know why it bothers me so much. Maybe it's because I'm a guy who would love to just break uh, 80 on a consistent basis. But like, it's like, dude, show a little bit of pride in what you do. Yeah.
2: That that stood out to me as well because he also tried to point out the whole. Um, I, you know, I wasn't as good as these other guys and I went and I outworked them. I don't think, I don't know how accurate that is, you know, but I do know that, you know, he had to go play the European tour, you know, he was on the Corn Ferry tour for a little while. Like his journey was not as linear as the guys in the first episodes, no. but later, like you said, he then like always is like, how are you both working your butt off at this and acknowledging how difficult it is? But then you try to play this role of like I don't even I shouldn't even think of this game, you know like.
0: Yeah i i will, I have this on here. I was curious if y'all got the vibe. I don't know what his relationship with with uh, other guys is, but like when they were doing that um, intro and kind of showing, and he said, "I'm not a Jordan Spieth. I'm not a Justin Thomas. One of these guys that was like a, a, a heralded amateur player, you know, is coming up through mm-hmm. the JPGA ranks or something." Uh, does he resent them? Like, and how much, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's weird, man. It's almost like, I don't know what G- Brooks like grew up with as far as like, you know, family money or playing country clubs, but like Justin Thomas, his dad is a PGA professional. Like he's probably had been working on his golf swing since he was three and, and Jordan Spieth, you know, he went to uh Dallas Jesuit and played, they remembers that I think Brookhaven and Dallas, right? So they they're both country club kids. And I'm wondering if how much Brooks really does not like these guys.
2: Do you think it's because like Spieth was at school, like with Manuel and Sam Macho? Like, do you think that plays into it all? I don't even think it went to Jesuit. I think it went (laughs) to like Episcopal. I'm just trying to stretch, take shots here. Wow. Um,
0: that is the biggest reach to take a shot at an audio <laughs> brother.
2: I, I think I really... guess I probably, i be better <laughs> off saying like at Texas at the same time <laughs> than I would be in high school. That's what Anyways, I thought you were going to I
1: think he thinks of himself as <laughs> like a real outlier, like an outcast in the game.
2: One thing that I, I want to see from this show is I think they do a good job of pointing out, like they didn't even highlight that Zalatoris was like there in the house with Scotty Scheffler. I think they kind of did briefly, but like, that should have been emphasized. Like you've got four golfers in the DFW area and they're very tight knit. Brooks, on the other hand, lives in Jupiter. I wouldn't mind an overview map of like South Florida of being like, yeah, Brooks is kind of a loner, but he's also two doors down from Tiger, who's two door down from, you know, Jason Day or whatever. Like, yeah, I want to know how big of a network there is there physically, even if he's not like personally tight with them. That's that's
0: a great point. I wanted more of that. Like the I think and we've got four more episodes and maybe they'll they'll have something like this. But that is interesting how like, you know, when these guys rent houses, there's a bunch of them are staying together and they may have some family, they may not. And I bet I, I guess a guy like Zalatouris um, through four episodes hasn't really been in it outside of his uh losing the playoff to JT. Um but it's like, man, if you're if you're a if you're a player and like they're not going to ask that much from you uh, to be in this. Why would why wouldn't you agree to do something like maybe their stuff got left uh, on the cutting room floor? But it's like, dude, this this seems like a really easy way, and th- they're not going to make you look bad. And I'm sure they've got plenty of stuff that could make people look bad, but they haven't put it in. So I don't know. That was disappointing to me because I, I did want to see more of that. I don't. I like to know who's who's uh, behind the scenes actually friends that's like that we were talking about the all-star game earlier I was only watching to see if how Luca and Kyrie interacted and who Luca's interacting with from the other teams and mm-hmm. I think that's cool and they haven't really showed much of that like we not a, not a news breaker that JT and Jordan are really good friends <laughs> like we've been known <laughs> when that. they
2: like established like they've known each other since teenagers like I think it's cool to note but like you said what are the other I guess throwing Ricky Fowler in there to say like he is the like his relationship with them I guess I didn't I didn't know as well like I knew he was friends with a lot of people on the on tour um who was the guy and maybe it was during a preview they really butchered presenting the what do they call it the the social media bonus from PGA like they started talking yep. about it I I loved that conversation but they never gave the viewer like a clear understanding. The PJ is now going to be paying twenty million dollars a year.
1: Oh, they will. Oh, it was, I bet uh, they will. What's what's his face? The Max guy, Homa? No, the guy with the long hair. Pat Perez. Pat Perez oh, was the one talking. They him. were okay. talking Instagram. Followers. He was talking Instagram shout followers, out to, and that was. I think that was the uh, the context of that conversation. Shout out talking to, about the pit bonus stuff.
0: He, to, shout out to him for knowing. Uh, <laughs> like how many followers the different
1: guys had. Well, he his. said he was looking out He was like looking the night before. At, yeah, I love.
0: I love that. That was that yeah. was good. That's the kind of stuff yeah. I like. And people forget that at it's a like, previous yeah. company,
1: Dylan and Will
0: and I had an opportunity to go play a a uh, pro am with him, but it just fell through. Didn't think there'd be any benefit in that. And we're not mad about it at all. Well, we're totally over it. Yeah, that that wasn't a
1: cool opportunity for us or anything. No, I wouldn't have grown the show. Which was the publication? Was the Golf Digest who did the uh, the big feature on Jupiter, Florida? yes mm. that Big. was so interesting yeah in how it's like it's a community like kj you kind of mentioned it where like so many mm-hmm. of these guys live and they play golf together all the time then you'll you'll see them at you know catching dinner at you know at the club and it's like it's just it's badass Boys well, it's but just what, mobbing it out. we'd like to see more of that yeah
2: i'll have to go look that up because i
1: it's do really wonder like
2: what other infrastructure then pops up like do you then have like a titleist? physical location there you know and they're uh like whatever all of the equipment guys like do you get caddies who flock there i want to know like what else follows because obviously the weather establishes it the taxes as well i'm sure um but like and then what else grows from there uh, real quick on the Pat Perez conversation, was it Ian Poulter he was talking to? Because somebody acted like, "Oh, I have no idea how many followers." I think it was
1: DJ and Poulter. I think Poulter was there. Poulter, okay. uh, notable big Twitter follower guy. So he was talking, he, and he later like references following to when talking about going. And to then
2: lab. they bring up Ricky. And they're like, but he never posts. And everybody was aware that Ricky Fowler never posted. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Somebody a second ago said they had no idea how many followers, but everybody then knew the context of like, I've been following Ricky for months and I never see anything.
0: Same with Jordan. Only post sponsors. And I was hoping
2: we would get a Jordan throw in there too because I figured that would have been our best validation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Final episode that we watched, (laughs) the Joel Damon episode called Imposter Syndrome. I think I don't know if this was the best. If it wasn't the best, it was the second best of the four, but it was the most compelling because it was something we have not seen at all. Like we kind of got Brooks playing bad, but like Brooks is, was is at such a higher level than Joel Damon, like a guy who mm-hmm. struggles to to maintain his tour card. And I thought the the U.S. Open qualifier stuff was probably maybe the best bit that awesome. they did. That I was, fucking loved it. I I cuz I I knew that but I hadn't thought about it. I was like, "Oh, damn. I forgot that he had to go qualify." And a lot of those guys do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to uh he had to shoot a what a a, a 500 on the on the second 18 or whatever it was and he yeah. went into the clubhouse and of course he was taking a break and had a couple of white claws. And they're like, is this even against the, is this against the rules? We're not sure. We're going to do it anyway. And that it was very entertaining and very Like you said, it was compelling and it made me like absolutely pull for the guy. I mean, I've known about him for a while, but I don't really like follow him closely or I'm pretty indifferent about him. This made me like actually want to pull for the guy.
0: Yeah, he's big in the no laying up universe. Like, and he, you know, he just seems like a fun guy. I think he did the, he was one of the guys who did the Butler pitch and putt thing. Yeah. And you could tell then that he was like a cool guy who gets after a little bit. Um I do relate, man, to somebody who just, go when he gets on the golf course, has just the worst attitude ever. Um, it was really funny, again, with the juxtaposition between him talking about himself versus Max, Max Homa, his friend, like talking about him, like, dude, you have all the game in the world. It's just a matter of, like, confidence. Yeah. And his caddy, too. Dude, the, his, his relationship with his caddy was really cool. Yeah. See, that's what I kind of wanted more of from Greller and Spieth. But I mean, we got it with uh, Damon and his caddy, and that was a cool story. KJ, thoughts? I think
2: any, anybody that we get a focus on, I need their caddy to have some part of the conversation. Even if it's just while on course, like we got, well, we got more than that with, um, uh, not DJ. Why am I, why am I completely Brooks. blank? JT. JT. Um, with his caddy the day of. But, like, I think that's a necessary component. If we're going to hear from a driver and Drivers 5, not to bring it back to that, or whatever, um, we hear from the manager. Like, I think that duo is important. Or I guess we would hear from Driver A and Driver B uh, in that show. I think having the caddy, even if it's a nothing conversation, I think that's a good uh, addition. Would you have rather seen this episode or Anthony Kim?
0: Oh... <laughs> Dude, I, an an entire Netflix series on the last 12 years of Anthony Kim's life
1: is something I would pay money At for. At least a 30 for 30 on on his career and this the, because the decision he had to make.
2: I feel like a lot of live talk rumors were being thrown around whenever all these offers were getting tossed out. Like that's not what we're here seeing enough of because of the PGA's influence here. There's this whole back like missing dialogue like we're talking about live we're talking about live we know there's going to be episodes on it coming but the timeline that they're following are the tournaments and if we remember our conversations last year like you were getting rumors of four or five guys being offered and then you see some of the press conferences you know and the denials or whatever we're seeing some of that but like i need a list of hey it's it's march 4th these five have accepted these four timeline like I need that if you're going to follow the calendar and tell me every five seconds what city I'm in in big block letters, like throw some of that on the screen too because I think that is very important with how like stressful the year was.
0: Yeah, for sure, and because they're not doing it in chronological order, so it's like that would be that would be very helpful. Do you think Poulter and Grant McDowell and DJ and those guys handled that first live press conference well?
1: (laughs) I love those questions, man. I mean just like there's, the there's most nothing, loaded questions you could you could write up. You can't you can't give a right answer.
0: You guys uh you guys like uh dictators? Guess you guys in on uh killing journalists? Yeah, go yeah. ahead.
1: I'll let you take this one, Paul. Yeah, the, the bombings in Yemen. Any comments on that? Like no. I don't really know what I'm just to here say. to play golf, man. I, I I do think that those questions are somewhat in bounds though. I mean i more more yeah i, I like that i like that they're put on the spot like that
0: i do too and i also like that dj was <laughs> dj laughed <laughs> <laughs> which is just like he's so shocked he's like what do you want me to say <laughs> oh, yeah, you really what? think you're which gonna is get the you only
2: right answer you're gonna get the That's answer
0: the... out of me like i'm gonna have some r- profound geopolitical response to this like oh
1: man that was uh, that was funny the live stuff was was good they had a little a uh, little phil uh piece in there too where he was like yeah, I mean, we're all against uh, the, the violation of the human rights stuff. Like, I, I would hope you'd say that, Phil. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that for all Af, of us. A,
2: yeah, after his initial screw-up. And they There's acknowledged some, like, that he, he made very uh, controversial comments. <laughs>
0: There's some scary motherfuckers, I believe was his quote. <laughs> Off the record is what I was told, though. Mm-hmm. So shout out God. Alan Shipnuck. Um, okay, go ahead. I want you all to rank them. Favorites? Or just give me your favorite episode and your least favorite, Dylan. Uh, favorite
1: was probably, uh, ooh, Damon. It was between that and Poulter, but I'm going to say Damon. Least favorite. If you... Oh. J.T. Speith. They've been overexposed, like, for years already. Like, we, we, we know about them, you know?
2: Yes. Yeah. I wonder if how much of that is because we're in Texas. But I will say, uh, if you remove the walk from uh, getting Froyo and then throwing random street signs in uh, for Scotty Scheffler and his wife. You remove that, I might put the Brooks episode atop my list uh, because I thought it changed my perspective of a player unlike any of the others. Uh, and I didn't see all of the Damon episodes, so I've got to add that caveat. And then lowest ranked, everything outside of the conversations between uh, JT and his dad in that first episode. I just was, I was happy that it existed, it should not have been their pilot app.
0: Agree. Uh, unanimous that that was the worst. I'm going to go with the, I think I'm going to go with the Joel Damon. Now I've talked myself into it. It's between that and Brooks, but it's, you know what though? It's, I like it that the coming out of the gate, the bar was very low and they had two relatively uninteresting people. And then the more it went on, Brooks, very interesting. Scotty, eh, a little bit. Uh, and then Poulter, the family stuff, very interesting. And Joel Damon, like the most. Um, just the psyche of that dude. So that's fun. We're going to watch the next four and do the rest. Finish it out next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And on that note. Is it time? It's time to party. It's the time in this podcast where we will party and talk sports at the intersection of party and sports. Boys, uh, do you see the new college football Rule proposals. I did? Does, this, does any of this move the needle? And if you if you haven't seen it, I, prohi- prohibiting consecutive timeouts, i.e. icing kicks, no on time down at the end of first quarter and third quarter, clock runs after a first down except inside of two minutes and a half, and last, clocks run on incompletions once the ball is spotted.
1: I don't like the idea of trying to speed up college football games, which two of these are directly... For that reason. Because they can't get here soon enough or what? Because it's the it's the greatest spectacle in sports, in my opinion. KJ, what need, say I you? I don't need a quicker
2: games. Four and a half hour, five hour games sometimes is a little bit much. What are you talking about? Um, They're never
1: four and a half, five hours left to go to twelve overtimes.
2: I bet we can find some big twelve games between like Texas Tech and Baylor that would probably creep on like four twenty and it was like 41 to 28 or something stupid. Uh, I think avoiding that at all costs is good. But again, I agree. I'm not out, like, it's not my top priority to cut that back by 30 minutes. I think the national championship, which was like shockingly three and a half hours because it was such a beatdown, down. Um, like I, I enjoyed that experience a lot less. And I think I leave the NFL experience when it's like a tight 315, a lot less enthused than I am when it's like 3.30 to four hours. But I also don't care for like coming up with every single way to like fix the length of the game all at once. Like get rid of the back-to-back timeouts when you're icing a game. Nobody needs that. Everything else, like leave it alone.
1: No untimed down at end of quarters one and three. What is that even talking about?
2: Uh, uh You have a defensive penalty at the end of the first quarter. And instead of them just going into the second quarter and starting the clock in the next play or whatever, you would have a play start at one first quarter zero seconds on the clock like you would at the end of the game or at the end of the half. That I don't care about as much. Like I don't think that's going to have a big impact if you call at the beginning of the second quarter versus an untimed down. It just adds one play. Clock
1: runs on incompletions once ball is spotted. I don't like that. Does that eliminate spiking?
2: Uh, a great, great, great question
1: that's whatever
0: we'll see about that i don't know i it ultimately boils down to when does any of this lead to less commercials the answer is usually no and things like this uh and there's way too many commercials in in all football games college and nfl mm-hmm. and i don't know if this is going to change it but whatever
1: maybe maybe cut down on the half on that length of the halftime Fucking hate it. Got to get the bands out 20 there. Twenty
0: freaking minutes. You got to get the bands out there, dude. Ugh. uh Oh, now to Riviera, which KJ touched on earlier. John Rom still really good. Yeah. Tiger Woods, the big cat, played four rounds of golf in a row. How about that? Made the cut. Made the cut. Uh, looked phenomenal off the tee, hitting that power fade, 180 ball speed. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't watch him now without just watching his face after every shot, after him, you know, getting the ball out of the hole, after everything, just to see, like, how much is he grimacing? The constant limping. The constant limping, yeah. It's tough, man. He's got, like, a new brace that he's putting on, a wrap brace, and I don't know how much that's actually doing, but it's good to see him out there. Fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you're, Jay, you're smiling.
2: Uh, it's comical to think of, like, the like most lauded player in a sport. And we saw this with Brady to a certain extent, like you expected this person to like be able to do anything in a sport. And now they're kind of reduced to like, Hey, are, are you okay? Like you're like overly like since not you personally, Royal you, like the viewers are, Hey, Hey tiger, are, are you okay? How's, how's the ankle? You're going to be able to walk in a couple of days. You had a good day today. How are you doing? Like we're overly checking in on them because we want so much more. So it's, it's just kind of a weird, weird situation. It's, <laughs> like we want him to keep playing; we don't want him to hang it up. It's insanely we want to weird to see him at the majors.
0: It's insanely weird because he's he still has the game. It's just a matter of like, can he walk four days in a row? And uh, the answer was, he was great on Friday, on Thursday, not great on Friday when he had to go out early in the morning. So
2: better on Saturday.
0: Better, yeah, good weekend. Finished, played well yesterday um and that's it you should just have less bogeys and he'd be all right i would simply have less bogeys make more putts that's a thing we've said dylan <laughs> why don't you run it back for us
1: yeah we got a short one this week run it back of course the segment during which we talk about what we already talked about come around the people cave you will get clapped we don't actually have a an armed guard i should not tell people I, feel that. Like I should clarify that don't tell people dave's Let's neighbor see. calls it ball golf, unironically. Mac McClung, real lunch pail guy who was first on the court and last one to leave. And finally, buy stock in KJ's clout as he was recently followed by a local news reporter.
0: That's really good. A local news reporter in your current community or your previous one?
2: (laughs) Previous one. And he's like on the C team of that. Let's go. He's like,
0: (laughs) he's a Saturday afternoon anchor. That concludes right (laughs) back. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, we'll be back next Monday with the next four in full swing, plus much, much more. Until then, we will see you. Bye-bye. Bye. I want
2: my chips with a dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with a dip. i bring them dips.
1: When my team wins a big game, It's good.